Luck on Sunday. Brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world. Welcome to the Luck on Sunday podcast, a weekly audio digest of all the best bits of Luck on Sunday, free to air every Sunday from nine o'clock that brings you the best guests and insight from around the racing world. Horsell uh, bids to follow up again this year and, and try and give Paul Matlow right a 14th win in the King George. But we'll get there. How are you? Yeah, I'm good for me. You? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Thanks ever so much for coming in. I was, I was in yesterday watching and I was, every time you have someone coming in the next day, you think, I just hope they have a winner. Mm. Let alone, <laughs> I hope they don't get yeah. beaten a, a, a short head in the big race. But, the, but there we are. It was, I mean, I, I guess you were watching yesterday thinking what, what might have been, but it was some good racing. Oh, it was good racing, uh, that we've had a good few weeks and won plenty of good races and just yesterday was a short header away from winning another one. Mm. Uh, it was, I think probably ran a career best, he's improving and you get beat your short head, you get beat your short head, it's frustrating but at least he's run very, very well. So the other thing I was doing yesterday is just going, going through your, your history and your, your stats and the one thing that really struck me, well, there can't be many people that all bar one year where you've run more than mm. 400 horses, you've had a 20% strike rate or more. You've basically, to, to, as far as the mm. figures would say, never had a bad year. You might feel you have, yeah. but you haven't, you haven't yeah. really. And, and with everything that goes around, bugs and sickness mm. and quality of horses, turnover of horses, how, how have you done that? Just try and be consistent, really. Have a good team around you. You know, headed up my head, left Clifford. We all work hard and make sure everything's right. And you can have a few in different years because what you've got in your squad, really, in the horses. But we've always tried to... Cliff and I always try and set a benchmark of about 25% strike rate throughout the seasons. And we've not been far off that most years. Mm -hmm. Last year, we were not far off 30 most of the season. Dropped off a bit towards the end. But I think at the moment, we're 25 or 26%. If we can keep doing that, we'd be well happy. I think I know what you're, what you're going to say now, um, but if you could pick out, do you know what your best year on the numbers is? 
So winners, prize yeah. money and strike rate, if you look at those three metrics, do you, do you know which the best is? No, I, not, not in detail, no. I, I know, I think one year we had, I think probably up to close 170 winners. Yeah. Um, and um, well, one year not far, four million in prize money. Um, because if you'd have asked me before mm, I had a look, yeah. I'd have gone, well, it's got to be the gold company. It's got to be, yeah, be yeah. 708, Last year. Yeah. Well, there we are. Last year. Yeah. And yet I don't think people would necessarily say that. No. Uh, that's right. And that's why they're winning all those super races, yeah. winning all those good horses. So we're consistently good across the board, actually, with the horses. And at the end of the day, you've got to get the best out of everything you've got in your team. And obviously, last year was a good year. Hmm. Tell me about Clifford then. How, how long has he been with you? Uh, 27, 28 years. You know, he'd been with David Nicholson before then. And... He moved down, and um, you know, we've just had a great relationship since. He works hard. He's like me. He eats and sleeps it. And um, yeah, you need someone like that behind you. And as long as we're both you know, fit and healthy, we're going to keep going. What, what is it about that relationship which works so well, and, and clearly is so important to the success of the operation? I just complete faith and trust in him. I just you know let them get on with his job. I mean, I've always been one really to delegate. You can't do it all. That's what I think Paul Barber all said to me. I remember saying, young man, you've got to delegate. Remember that. And it's, it's very true. You can't do it all. You have to be prepared to let yeah. people get on with it. Clifford does a fantastic job. You know, Saran, we've got you know, some good... Charlie Davis, Natalie Parker, Andrew Glastonbury. Um, Dave runs our yard at Highbridge. You have to have good people around you. But when there's so much at stake, it must be hard to, to, to delegate and have ultimate faith in, in so many different people. Because... Because there is a huge amount at stake, but but like you say, there's there's not enough time of the day no. to do everything. Were you good at, at delegation from day one, or have you learnt? I've learnt along the way. You, you you do. I mean, I've been training 32 years, so you you learn every season. You never stop learning. But yeah, it, when you start off, and ultimately you want to do everything. You think you can do everything, but you can't. And had a wise man above me then in Paul. You know, always pointing me in the right direction, telling me where I was going wrong and where I should do things differently and Paul obviously had a big influence on on the way I run my business and my life right. really um, but yeah you have to have faith in people around you and give them a chance and it all gels together then and how different would it be now to well even I guess say 25 years ago where you were really mm. starting to, to mm. hit the top the the the, the, the process of, of training a horse maybe it's exactly the same yeah. training a horse uh, but the but the but the but the environment we're in how different do you feel it is now and how have you enabled yourself and the team to sort of stay current? You're forever changing. Um, you're forever learning and never be prepared to, to listen to everybody involved. But, you know, now, really, we've got the ultimate setup now with all the facilities we, we've invested in and got. Good staff, good owners. Obviously, that's very, very important. And, and decent horses. And there's loads of crumbs to make a cake. Mm. And your experience over the years helps you glue all that together. And hopefully that's why Cliff and I always made the right decision to try and make the right decision and keep it all going the right way. Was there ever a point where you thought could be in trouble there this year, this year or, or we're not looking too strong? And, or do you go into every season worried? No, sometimes you do think that. You know, you get, and, and, and it's a remarkable how long the way horses pop up and come along. And I always remember our Corto and all those good horses, Mastermind and Neptune and Denman, and it's like, oh, where are we going to go now? We're going to be in trouble. And then Silvanaco Conti popped up and won two King Georges, as you showed earlier on. And then Clandis Abo came along. And um, they seem to keep, you know, cropping up. And 
then we've invested a lot of time and money in the last few years in bond three-year-olds and bringing them through the system. And Stage Star is a great example of that. It started off in his bumper at Chepstone, look where he is now, and bringing those horses along that way. So you, we've always got a production line now of, of nice horses to come on through, and I hope we've got as you know, lovely horses for the next few years. So, so I, I think there's a perception, I might be completely wrong, and maybe it's just me, that, that, that those horses that you mentioned, the, the, the Contes mm. and, and, and the other King George winners mm. you had, were still sort of the stable stars in some quieter years yeah, for you. Yeah, they were, but, yeah. And yet, on the numbers, they weren't necessarily. But don't you feel that the jumping game at the moment is, unless you're firing out Cheltenham winners, mm. you're not really hitting the heights? Now, you, the way you approach the game, mm. might feel very differently mm. to that, but I feel there is that perception in the jump racing game anyway. Well, there might be that perception, but I don't see it like that at all, obviously. I mean, we were lucky last year we had a couple of Cheltenham winners, but without the Cheltenham winners, we'd probably still won the championship. And good prize money. There's a lot of good races out there to be won all around Cheltenham. Cheltenham's not the be-all and end-all of everything. Of course, we all want to have Cheltenham winners. Everybody does. Every owner, everyone aspires to have winners at Cheltenham. Mm. But there's some fantastic races throughout the season. It's mm. not just about one week of the season. For me, that's I've always thought that. You know, We want to have winners all year round. Mm. Has there been, maybe it's at, at, the, at Cheltenham, maybe it's elsewhere, has there been sort of, sort of one horse, maybe, maybe the obvious one, maybe a way, that, that has given you a, such a, a sense of satisfaction as to what you have been able to achieve with him or her? Uh, I mean, I would say Gordo Starr is one of the top ones, but those, you know, the longevity of those horses, you know, you think yeah. he, he, he won all those races and he, he was still able to win a Betfair chase, I think for the fourth time with a King George for the fifth time when he was 11 years old yeah. and won a, a novice chase at Newbury when he was a four-year-old. So just the longevity of those good horses, and Denman was another, was still running when he was 12 and 13. Yeah. Uh, that, that gives me an awful lot of pleasure to... So compare a... I'm, I'm just indulging myself into mm. when I, I guess, sort of really fell in love with it, but compare a, a Denman winning a, a second Hennessy, mm. as it was then, mm. with Quarter winning a first Gold Cup. Are they, are, they, are they sort of not comparable because... You know, it's Corto winning yeah. a Gold Cup for the first time, yeah. or, or, or is there something about Denman and that weight carrying performance, which I know we in the public mm. all also buy into, that gives you a huge amount of satisfaction? Uh, it, it, they were just great days with all those horses. What have they have achieved? You know, they're very special. I, I think with Corto, the second Gold Cup was, you know, he was the first horse to lose mm -hmm. and come back and, and then win the Gold Cup. That was special. And when he won a fifth King George, which would be hard to, I have think, it'd beat, that was special. But, you know, you said when Denman won, you know, you can pick up big bucks, masterminded. When he won the Champion Chess as a five-year-old, that was probably a fantastic day. They're all great days and very lucky to have had those horses to be able to do it. Uh, Paul Nichols still here. Uh, Dave Cross, David Yates have uh, joined us on the sofa. Dave Cross, how are you? Very good, very good. It's been, a, it's been a, a good year, hasn't it? It's been a good couple of years for the syndicate. Yeah, um, things are going real well at the minute. Um, we, we had a great start, our first runner being a winner, and we've kept the ball rolling through COVID, and uh, we've got a very, very exciting team of horses. The class of horses we have at the minute is going up, which is great. Um, we're, we want to be having runners every Saturday. We've had two winners over the last four Saturdays on a Saturday, including a grade two winner, and um, we're going to be competing against this man to my right here, and um, but we're competing with him as well. But you've had great success together, mm. so I mean, you've, you've, you've you trained some nice horses for the syndicate, Paul. Yeah, we've got a couple of nice ones down at Tamaris, we haven't seen the best of yet this season, and Insurrection, who ran very well at Sandown last week, he had two proper horses. 
Uh, we'll come and, and talk more about the, the, the syndicate. We've got another syndicate in here a little bit later on. Uh, Dave Yates, how was Cheltenham yesterday? Yeah, I thought it was very interesting, actually. Um, obviously, the, the results of the big race will we'll come on to shortly. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it never disappoints, does it? It's now sort of trying to work out which bits of features are going to go where leading up to Christmas, really. It's how, how do you feel about that, that meeting? I, I looked at the cards across the two days and felt really... I mean, it always feels weird feeling positive about jump racing at the moment, <laughs> but I did. I was like, this, this, this stacks up. I thought it looked pretty good the two days. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought, yeah, I think that I, I, there was nothing missing there that I thought, why haven't we got that? Definitely. Uh, obviously, the fact that they don't have the international there now. Um, and there's been a, there has been a, a, a mm. bit of rejigging mm. in mm. the in the programme. I didn't. I only found out recently the Tolworth is, is is now you know on, on Boxing yeah. Day Angel, which is a which is a real change. But, but for you, did, did does the meeting miss something like the international? Did that that sort of change just have to happen, Paul? I, you've got to keep looking at these changes. I mean, I think to have the international possibly on Trials Day made a lot of sense because it is a trial for the champion hurdle. And it's way back from you know, yesterday to the champion hurdle. Um, and you said about the Tolworth moving, was always on very bad ground at Sandown. Yeah. So I think, see if it, it's, it's a different race at Aintree, obviously, unless the ground was like it was last weekend. It'd be the same as Sandown. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah, we've got to sort of see how these changes work. It's nothing set in stone. I think that the idea is to see if it works for a couple of years yeah. and, and jig things around. So let's see if we can get some positives out of it. And it's good to get um, a grade one at Aintree through the season. It's actually a race course that, bar the Grand National, they only race four or five times in the year. It's, uh, I was reading, it's a completely underused race course, which mm. it is, so it really brings, makes Boxing Day an even bigger day as well now, because it's not just Kempton and Weatherby. Um, you got Aintree as well, so um, I think it's a good thing. You got a Tolworth winner this year? Uh, well, Paul trained us one last mm. year, and uh, hopefully Fergal O'Brien will train us one this year. We've Cam Zanas going there who won a grade two the last days. He's probably not the best horse in the world, but he's just got all the heart in the world. And um, his heart would beat ability, I think, every day of the week. And hopefully he'll go there, track will suit him. Um, he'll go there with a great chance. I think it's going to be a very good race, though. Right, let's get stuck into yesterday. Uh, we'll, um, we'll start with the, the, the feature race. This was obviously the Virgin Bet December Gold Cup. Um, it, it, it stacked up with some... Um, Proven quality in there, some some horses that had to step up. It was Thunder Thunder Rock, <coughs> Dave Yates that went off uh, at the top of the betting, and well, um, unfortunately, the jumping frailties really cost him, and, and he was out of it from an early stage. I mean, for much of the race, there were only two in it, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of Thunder Rock, the, one of the things missing uh, from his CV was experience of Cheltenham, wasn't it? Mm. And it, it seemed as though that found him out, and the the um, fugitive. Gave us some good opportunities for some puns in headlines and opening paragraphs, but at this point, what, what it, were you thinking, here, Paul? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you watch him when he hits the front, he actually you know, doesn't do a whole leap in front. He's half got his ears pretty tear. Look, look, and it, I knew he'd pick up. Um, and when the other horse comes to him, he gallops all the way onto the line, having gone a good gallop and jump. Now he's away again from the, you look at the distance they put between the third horse themselves. I thought he was just about to held on. But it's always, you, when you've got one finishing like Fugitive, you're always, I mean, just like, if he jumped the second last quicker, that might have made the difference between that. It's all big margins, small margins and ifs, but he ran a blinding race. 
there was a, a point going into the last where I, I was stood up in here pacing mm. around because I, I said that you know he was he was a bit of a sort of team steam for us in here on the day, and I remember saying, "Oh, he's knackered," mm. but actually. He was, he, if he was knackered, he'd have been beaten two lengths. Yeah, he, he galloped all the way to the line, and Brian actually said he, he, he possibly he'd get three miles, which is, we've always thought. He, he's just a young horse who's improving. Mm. You know, he gallops and jumps and can keep going and gallop. So, yeah, that was a really good run from him, as I said, a career best. And obviously, the, the winner, another sort of Gavin Sheehan off the pace special for, for, for a couple of Saturdays now. But um, I don't know, turning in, you could hardly see him, but he's, he's, he's just found and found. He did, yeah. Um, I rode in that race, I finished place, and it's probably one of the only good rides I've had over the years. And um, I rode a horse that actually went on to win, for Colin Tizer, went on and won the three-mile handicap at Cheltenham that year. It probably is a stairs race on the stairs course. I think Paul's horse was unlucky um, when Venetia's horse dropped off, and you could see Paul's horse going to the last. It basically pulled itself up between the last two. And you could see Gavin was closing, and it looked like Gavin was going to go on and win mm. two or three lengths. But as soon as he got to the tail of Paul's horse, um, he really um, Paul's horse really picked up, and it took took the line to for Gavin to get up. But Gavin's riding on the crest of a wave at the minute. I, I think he's one of the best jockeys riding. Um, he's stable jockey to Jamie Snowden, who's team is coming up but he, he really deserves a big job and he's he's picking up some nice spares along the way as well just i don't know how, how well you well you know gavin but he he, very. he he well there you go so you can speak you can speak very articulately about him um he there's been some peaks and troughs in in the career uh, and it's yeah. still not the longest career yet but now i get the impression people feel this is a, a well-deserved peak and maybe two years ago you'd have looked and wouldn't necessarily have expected it but he's for, for some reason this, this last 12 months has been a, a, probably the best he's ever had. Yeah, he, Gavin's been rock solid all through his career, but I think it's a case of um, a lot of the older jockeys have disappeared and he's now one of the more senior jockeys and he's, he's really taken a step up. He's, um, his riding is, I think, horses really run for him. You see Gavin sometimes, you see him riding two big handicap winners recently, but you see Gavin out in front when he's loose on the lead, he rides the others to sleep like he's a... He's very dangerous. He's a natural horseman. Horses run from. He's a natural sportsman. Whatever sport you do, him and Daryl Jacob, they're, they're just kind of gifted at it a little bit. And um, I, I have great time for him. He's a real good lad, and he's, he's really stepping up to the plate now, I believe. The uh, other race, um, I was going to say the other race where you were just touched off, but I suppose it wasn't quite as, as close as Broadway Boy winning and, and beating three under through five. Uh, again, another good race, a, a race where... Paul, your horse always looked as though he was most likely to serve it up to, to Broadway Boy. He probably jumped better than him in, in the main, but um, I don't know, the, the winner may be just too well treated for him. Yeah, he was um, improving young horse, isn't he? Um, I thought it was the best we've ever jumped, and the, t the first and second were on the front end the whole way through the race and kept galloping all the way to the line. Just we come up against one that's improving, and um, yeah, I was thrilled with him, he's going the right way. And, he could be an interesting... I know Max would love to run him in the National, so he'll have an entry in the National. Um, the way he's jumping now, that could well be a possibility. Dave, the winner... Um, I mean, he'd been, he'd been hammered, really, for the last 48 hours in the betting for this race, and, and that money was well found. Yeah, it was, and, and you know, he's now earned a, an aim at, at the, the festival's novice races, hasn't he? Um, protector at ran uh, a, a decent race in third there. They'll be very pleased with that. He was... The, the writing was on the wall pretty early at, at Haydock, wasn't it? And that was much more like it, as, as Dan Skelton said afterwards, that today wasn't about winning, it was about getting back on track. 
um, and uh, he's done that there. Um, just, I would just like to mention Richard Hobson, the trainer of the, yes. uh, the winner. And, uh, you know, to, to have over 40 losers at your local track, is it Little Rissington is about 17, 18 miles from Cheltenham, uh, 11 seconds in that. And to have that yesterday, you know, we know that the jockey is now surely established at the in, in the top tier. But that was a, a, a really notable triumph for the trainer too, because that's a long time. Every every part of the country has their own racing community, and that must have meant an awful lot to to do that yesterday. Uh, the the horse, I think, uh, Broadway Boy there, Dave, has been committed to now going to the three mile novice chase. Um, obviously, you have the National Hunt Chase, and, and, and the ultimate could be a consideration as well. But he's pretty highly rated to that. So I think that, that's that's what Willie Twist and David suggested to Lydia afterwards. They're committed to. Um, do you think that will suit just as well? Obviously, it's, it's going to be on a different track. Um, he he probably get a front running ride, and, and that's what's going to suit him. Do you, do you think he's a live candidate for that? hundred percent. It all depends what happens between now and then, and how much weight he has to carry. But. Um, <clears throat> that track yesterday is a stayers track, so obviously on the old, old course, um, but so the step just, up and trip will I, probably be a help. I find the, the older the new course thing, so new course a bit more of a staying course, a bit more of a testing mm. track, but it can suit a front runner, or is that just Cheltenham can, if you get it right, suit a front runner? What, 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 what's, what's your feeling? I, I think Cheltenham suits front runners. I mean, you saw yesterday a lot of horses on the front end, and it's a, quite a sharp undulating track. and. I think these days you've got to be on the front end with horses that jump. I don't oh, old and new course. Yeah, I don't think it makes any difference. But even so, the, the new course is even uh, the old course is even sharper. So you, yeah. don't, you don't come from behind very often these days. Mm. So you need to be on the front end at Cheltenham, I'm sure. Um, Shanna Bob, I thought, was, was very good in winning the, the Albert Bartlett trial, re registered as the, the Bristol. Um, Dave Cross, this was a horse who was having his second start over obstacles. He looked a little bit, um, he looked a little bit green throughout. He looked a bit babyish. To do this on his second start, I think the consensus from us in the studio was it was was it was pretty impressive, and he earned quotes of about sixteen to one for the for the end of season feature. Yeah, he's definitely improving. Stayer, I was at Plumpton when he won over two and a half miles, and he never really gave James Wan any help that day. It was a mediocre race. He had to make his own running. Went around with his ears pricked, so he didn't really have much of a race that day. This was a proper test, and. You could see he was off the bridle, bit green coming down the hill, but that was probably the first proper race the horse has had in his life, and um, he stepped up to the task. Um, looks like a real good stayer, and that race will probably be the making of him, I'd say. You know, he's probably the best. You don't get too many running over three miles <coughs> so far this year, and, and he's probably the best of them. The Kim Bailey horse was an interesting one, because Dave Bass actually jumped out to make the running on him, and he couldn't, couldn't really get him going to start with. Um, so he's one that might be a little bit quirky, but with these uh, staying horses, they do tend to just, can, they can race a little bit lazily and things. I like the way Nico's horse did race a bit lazily, but when he actually really grabbed hold of him, got a bit of room turning in, he um, stuck to the task well, and he's, that horse will only improve from that experience yesterday. I mean, it's, it's, it's traditionally a fairly good guide to the Abbott Bartlett itself, Paul. What did you make of this year's renewal of that Bristol? Yeah, yeah I think Nicky's horse would just keep improving. He was quite green and looked like there's a lot of improvement to come. Um, yeah, it's a good trial for that race, but there'll be plenty of opportunities to see a lot more between now and then, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, might be a few Irish coming over. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you would, you yeah. would imagine. Yeah. Although, we came, went, went to Britain last year, didn't it? What did you make of it, Dave? Yeah, I mean, he just looks a really strong uh, stayer, doesn't he? There's no 
looking at that, there's no push-button aspect to what he does. But uh, as, as Dave said, he's, uh, he still looks green. You know, that was on the back of a, of a cakewalk at Plumpton. Cost 200 grand, didn't he, after yeah. he won his point to points yeah. in Ireland. And, uh, you know, I, I love horses like that. I think in a, in a tabloid way, you know, you call them blue-collar. Uh, because of the way that they roll up their sleeves and do things, and I, I really like that. Uh, we had on Friday, Dysart Enos won the opener uh, for um, Fergal O'Brien and, and Paddy Brennan. I feel like the consensus at the track, Dave, was that she, she could be pretty smart. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that horse uh, has joined a, uh, quite a role of honour in this race. Elixir's a nuts, that's all right, Gino, Chantry House as well, and she's really progressive. Um, We've got uh, Beat the Bat there, who's, who'd uh, won at Ascot on the outside, and uh, they pulled well clear. So, you know, she's run up a sequence now, and uh, this was much the, the strongest race that, that she's com uh, c contested, and she travelled strongly. What's not to like? You know, she's got to surely, if everything stays well between now and March, she'd be a player in the, in the dawn run. Not every jockey goes the same way around there, but you know where Paddy Brennan's going to go. He tried to do it on Bonte as well. He did, he, he did and he had a bit misfortune, uh, two out. But uh, for me, this is the lady in my life that got away because um, we were under bidder at her, uh, for her at the sales. We probably just didn't have enough money to go to 95000 at the Goff sales. And the funny thing about it, Fergal O'Brien bought her she came back in the box. We bought three others that day, and uh, she came back in the box to Noel Feely's yard. Noel went out to look at her the next morning, and he rang Fergal straight away. Are you sure you have an owner for this one? And <laughs> Fergal, said, Fergal said he did, and uh, she went on uh, one of the entries. She's four to one for Cheltenham. But all, you'll always be underbidder. There'll always be one that got away. But she, other than my wife, she's the one. She's the lady that got away. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're delighted we showed you it again. But like you say, there's always <laughs> going to be one, isn't there? And there's always, there's always going to be the lucky story as well, right? That's just, just how buying horses work. Oh, exactly, 100%. Look, we picked up Love Envoy for 38 grand. It was COVID, there was no one there. There'll always be uh, the ones, but you can't look at uh, the ones that got away. Yeah. You look at the ones you have and you look forward to the future. That's the way the game runs. Mm -hmm. Do you, she might be quite good, Paul? She, she's undoubtedly the best novice mare in this country. And um, she travels and jumps and... Big chance at Cheltenham. Mm. Uh, suppose one of the veterans, Dave Yates, which we can have a quick look at, and then we'll come on to, to, to Paul's winner on the day as well. Uh, by and large, I think these these veteran ra races and, <coughs> and, the, and the sort of revamp they had a few years ago has been has been really well received. I, I think. think it has, and I, I was quite sceptical about those a few years ago. I must admit, I wasn't one of those saying, "Oh, this is a brilliant idea." I slagged them off, but kept pretty quiet about them, and they've worked extremely well. What, uh, what, what was your concern in the? Uh, just that I, I, I want to go to the races to watch champions or horses on the way up rather than a division for, for veterans, that's yeah. all. But, but, it, but I was wrong because they're really popular. Sepage uh, is a horse who's been hard to train in recent seasons, fourth in the Ultima of 2021 and then restricted to one outing in each of the past two campaigns. Uh, was fourth, quite well beaten fourth on his return to action and... You know he's come good here, so yeah. Th this, this in a nutshell is why, uh, why the veterans' races work, and Venetia Williams still rattling along at some strike rate too. Uh, you have many Paul in the veterans' division. We, we run a few, and they've obviously got their place. Um, 
and they've been doing well. I think they've increased the numbers. There's a new series, isn't there? Yes. Mm. With a few races actually over two and a half rather than all over three. But yeah, they have their place. Um, would would tr so uh, truckers obviously won mm. back end of last mm. week? Would he fit into that division, or does he just want further? <laughs> the trouble is, yeah, that he wants three and a half, four miles. <laughs> really, that is the <laughs> problem. Does. Really, yeah. We were going to go hunter chasing after the first of January uh, with him this year. Oliver was going to ride him um, if he hadn't won at Sandown because he's won at Sandown now, and that's taken him out of. He can't run in hunter chases, so he's going to have to stay and run in. You know. Uh, staying handicaps really. I mean, he's in. He's still in at Chepstow. We'll just see how the next week. Oh, in the Welsh. Yeah, he's okay. still in that. And would Freddie keep the ride? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's the Warwick race as well. So um, we'll 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 come up with a plan for him. But it, it was great seeing him win at Sandown the other day. You know, nearly 12 years old. Yeah. Um, we're going to look at Paul's win, but I'm going to get an impartial view first of all on on Ginny's destiny and and, and in in the novice chase. Uh, I felt Dave Cross that Harry Skelton felt. He might have won with a better jump there. Oh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, quite possibly. Um, you can see Paul's horse. He was always just doing enough. Harry, Harry hasn't actually got after, after him there. So jumping's name a game at the end of the day. And you can see Harry's after a mistake. He's winged the last. But you know with Harry's riding, he hadn't really gone for him. And um, I know Harry's closing in there. But I think Paul's horse was probably just doing enough. And uh, I think he'd have won either way. OK, Paul? Yeah, jumping's the name of the game, and twice he, he, he's won the race on sound jumping. Um, but he just does enough in front, and what I liked about him here was he's gone down to the last, and he's he's so quick on his feet when he's landing, and he's away like he's where well, he's gone, and he just does enough. He keeps galloping. He probably get three miles, and he's a really improving young horse. So we're thrilled with him. What's the campaign likely to be for him? Obviously, you just said you might have to have a rejig in, in the novice chase department yeah. because of Nathas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could see him going around Sandown in the silly old novice chase, you know, where you've got to jump and gallop, and he loves soft ground. But um, I haven't really got a plan, but we'll make one. Um, so that was, so forgive me, what the trip there was two and a half? Two and a half, yeah. Okay, so uh, you definitely get stick, three. stick to that for well, now. You wouldn't be afraid to step up to three. I think he could be more effective over three. If you could design how a horse jumps mm. fences, yeah. that would be it, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's like almost uh, being in a wind tunnel, and that flow over the fence... Uh, really economically, really fluent, really quick, and the way yeah. that he gets away yeah. from the ob obstacles, you know. It's like the wheels are spinning at the yeah. back of the fence. Yeah, I know. It's, it's and he's got plenty in the tank to be able to travel and jump like that. That's the thing with him. And he's got his ears pricked most of the way around. And uh, he could be interesting also in the spring. Mm. Um, we're going to do talking points shortly, but just to, to revisit you and, and the Noel Feely Syndicate, what... Can we go back to when Noel retired? Were you in syndicates before that? Before uh, no, Noel retired? When, or was it the two of you putting your heads together when he did? When Noel, when Noel retired, um, obviously he was a big name in the game and you, quick, you quickly get forgotten about. Uh, as soon as you're retired in this game, you're forgotten about. And um, I said, come on, let's do something together. He had bought a place uh, down in Chippenham, Hag Hill, and... Uh, I had been sponsored by a couple of syndicates before and things like that, and I thought, this might be a good idea. We went to see a guy who actually does a bit of work for us now, Mark Ball. He's heading up to New Car Carlisle today, uh, looking after the owners, and he said, this is the way we went and met him, this is the way you should do it. Maybe 10 owners per horse, 10% of the cost price, 299 a month. And um, we had a great ingredient because we had Noel's place, uh, where he could do the pre-training with them, they could have their summer's break. Um, I do a lot of hospitality on the race courses, so I was meeting prospective new owners every day of the week and clients. And, um, and social media is a 
big pull as well for pulling in owners and things like that. So that's how it started. We got going. Um, we tried to find a well-handicapped horse or two. Uh, Fergal O'Brien um, found us Pride of the Kale, who Noel had actually ridden um, in one of his runs anyway, and he was off. He was off a mark of about 110, and he was he worked like a 140 horse anyway. We bought him. We went to market raising, and I remember driving up in the day. I'll never forget it. And there was an inspection in the morning. There was an inspection at 11 o'clock. Inspection before the first race. Uh, there was an inspection after the third race, and we were like, "This is brilliant," um, because he wants proper soft ground. <laughs> the track was flooded. Um, it should have been called off, um, in all honesty. And the horse went out and won well. We were there saturated um, with the ten owners, and I got some kick out of that. I have to say, because. Riding horses, one thing, if they're no good, you don't have to worry about them as such, but the effort of getting it all together, getting 10 owners to invest in something that could have, they didn't know what they were investing in, they were putting their trust in us. And um, that day meant a lot, and um, we kind of got the ball rolling from there. But I we forget, had a I bit... I yeah. you started off with that type of horse, actually. Yeah. So there were a couple of progressive handicappers you had first of all. Yeah, Pride of the Kale. We bought another horse, um, first run... Uh, he actually broke his leg at Plumpton, and that was there. We did it as a two-horse syndicate to, for the very first syndicate. He broke his leg, and we were absolutely devastated. But we actually got them a free lease in a horse called Goodbye Dancer, who Fergal O'Brien trained. And um, we just do fun, fun horse. He'll go racing and whatever else. We ran at Cheltenham at the December meeting just to give the owners a day out, and he won at 28 to 1. Um, it was just... You have to have a lot of luck in, in life or in any game. And um, it's like the photo finish with Paul yesterday. It didn't go his way. If on another day when you're lucky, it can happen. And uh, we've, had it, we've had a lot of luck, but we, we work hard at it and, um, and we're really enjoying it. Um, I spoke to you uh, last weekend about uh, <coughs> Love en Bois uh, as you sort of left the track. And um, I mean, she, she was disappointing, wasn't she, fundamentally? She was. Um, and there's a couple of reasons uh, for that as well. Like she, she had a little fracture in her leg after Punchestown, so it's her first run back. She might have just needed as a bit of confidence. She jumped off that day, and they looked. They appeared to go a nice gallop, but as soon as they jumped the first, she literally backed off, launched up into the air, and she was on the back foot. She was never going forward for Johnny at all. Um, and it's a case of was she ring rusty? She is a two and a half mile mare every day of the week and when Johnny had just dropped her in she just probably went cold in him and wasn't competitive she she's always probably best um, I think horses are keen and they're at their best when the fight in, uh, is in their belly she jumped off didn't have the fight I think she's come out of the race fine she'll go back to Sandown two and a half miles soft ground that's her that's her A game and um, we'll jump off competitive and I think you'll I honestly believe you'll see a different mare next year I just think being a bit ring rusty, it just didn't happen the last day over two miles. And I, even though she was second in the grade one, I think it's draw a line through it, and you'll see her back at her best next time. And it wasn't wasn't the gram that, that no. you that you the softer the better. It cannot be soft enough for her. Yeah. Ultimately, that that ground last week, just because I know you spoke about it at the start of the week. Obviously, you ran a good few horses mm. there um, over hurdles. There were some some notable absentees, not so much on on the chase course. Um, but but by and large, like you you obviously weren't concerned running running horses there necessarily, were you on the, on, on that ground? Even though they had the inspection in the morning. Oh, I mean, look, the great the thing about soft ground is safe ground. If they don't act in it, you don't run them. You know, and 
it's just you could run the right horses on the ground, whatever, whether it's quicker ground or soft ground, you try and run the right ones on the right ground. Mm. But there's no safety worries about it at all. Mm. I know that was something you spoke about at the start of the week, Dave, but um, but 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 by and large, you know, they, they got racing on and um, actually spectacle-wise, it was almost entry that, that, that mm. on some mm. races were a harder watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, I mean, let's, we're talking about Constitution Hill here, aren't we, uh, essentially? Yeah, well, we, we, there, were, there were a few non-runners over, yeah, over I, I, on, on the hurdles. But in terms of safety, you know, um, uh, Nicky Henderson said in terms of, I think, used the word welfare, which I, I think it's a suitability issue. And, you know, trainers withdraw horses when they think the ground isn't going to be suitable. That's routine. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I, I thought personally with Sandown, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, it threw up some, some really interesting uh, stories, you know, uh, outside uh, the Tingle Creek, to see La Passeron win for, for Gary Moore, to see Not So Sleepy win, uh, and the reaction of uh, Huey Morrison, which, you know, he, he's always punchy, always... For, it's, it's brilliant for people like us to deal with uh, Huey Morrison. Uh, and, it, you know, we were obsessing about the, the absent friends when the people in the party, you know, made mm. sure it was a good old-fashioned mm. cockney knees up. Just, just lastly on this, and I know we're going to move on to talking about this, but you mentioned there Huey Morrison. I feel, and, and Paul will be another one, that you, I, I mean, you've never refused an interview with me. I don't know if you've ever refused one in your life, but um, Nicky's the same. He's always, <coughs> always willing to have, a, cam to have a, a microphone put in front of him. I feel like, in, from a journalist's point of view, I feel like we're in a good space re trainers fronting up to the media at the moment but, but that's what that's what i feel now there's 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 not much sort of shirking or or, or ducking away no, I, which is which is what all you can ask for really from a yeah, journalistic point i think that's right i i you know i, I find you know we have our disagreements don't we yeah. but it it, okay. it doesn't it doesn't stay. Can you elaborate? No, no, but I've, I've upset you with things I've said over, over the years and you've let me know about that, but then we've, we've been able yeah. to shake hands and walk Absolutely. away from that, haven't I can't, we? Can't you know, which, remember those, aren't you? Um, yeah. You're right. Exactly. I'm a champion grudge bearer. I remember all my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. But you've got to agree to disagree, that's it. Yeah. Get on. I agree. I think it's, yeah. you know, uh, particularly... Uh, well, I mean, this is no slight against you, Paul. I would like to... I'd like jump racing, flat racing too, to have more, m more trainers winning big races. But it, if it's British racing, then on a Sunday after, after a Saturday afternoon, I'll very likely ring you or I will ring Nicky Henderson. And, you know, both of you are extremely cooperative. I, I, I don't have a, any issue with that whatsoever. And they have to be as well. Um, you have to step up to the plate because if Paul's doing it, you're, you're selling yourself. Um, by doing it as well, and um, and people want to know what the trainers, jockeys, everyone is thinking as well. So the more um, honest you are, and the more you front it up, um, the better it is for everyone. I think. Uh, welcome back, everyone. We're going to see out the show with a, a little bit of wine, a bit of food, and a bit of racing chat as well. Dave Yates still here, Paul Nichols. Dave Cross, and we've been joined by the wine tips to Neil Phillips and Ellie Morgan as well. Welcome along. How's things? Thank you. Yeah, good. Um, at the moment, yeah. You are team My Racing my Manager. Racing Manager, yes. Yeah. Now, we had a chat, uh, uh, was, it, was it the Friday? Yeah, Sandown, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the whole team were very happy there with the, with, the, with the performance of the horse. But I guess this is a sign of, of you guys growing and, and, yeah. and branching out with, with, with different trainers as well. Ellie, it seems to have yeah. gone really well. Well, it's going really well. You know, it's, it's great fun, it's exciting. Um, we do small syndicates, there are only sort of four to six people. So everyone's very involved and it's very collaborative. So, 
Deafening silence is obviously our rising star at the moment, and we're, just, we're quite surprised he's you know gone so quickly. But you know, it's you know very very exciting. So, so. so, so Dave, the thing is, not happy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Out of all the guests you could get on this week, you got these two guys on upsides us. Not happy. Yes. So, so, so. And Paul, Paul you're trained. probably not happy yeah. either. <laughs> Paul Train's insurrection. He was second to deafening silence. Of course, you own the hall. Well, what I would say is that you've been sat in here for an hour next to me, and these guys are coming in two minutes. And I've already got a glass of wine in my hand. So yeah, we'll right. <laughs> be fighting at the end of this. It's <laughs> like that in our syndicates. You see, it's great fun. <laughs> uh, uh, just, just before we come to the race, how you know similarities and differences between the between the two syndicates, if you like? Are there many different ways, do you think, of approaching a syndicate, and why does your way work so well for you? Well, I think there are lots of ways of approaching syndicates. I think moving forwards, it is all going to be syndicates. You know, it's a great way to get involved in racing. You know, the level of Involvement is sort of depends on how many people are in it. We do quite small ones. Yours are a bit bigger, aren't they? Yeah, we do 10, 10 yeah. and some people. A lot of syndicates actually do twenty mm. as well, so it's yeah. even and less cost price then as well. Sort of so hundred plus. Every maybe. syndicate does it differently, different ways, and there's no good, bad. Um, do, do you limit to ten? Sorry, do you, you you have a maximum of ten? Oh, maximum ten. Or is it person, always ten? Always ten. Okay. Always ten. Always ten. Yeah. And you you will will take a certain amount, but 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 single figures. Well, I manage for specific syndicates, and then I set up the My Racing Manager Friends ones, and then those ones I buy the horse and then sell shares, and they're usually twenty or twenty-five percent shares, and sometimes we keep one, yeah, and sometimes yeah, we yeah. we sell them. So. Because you've also had um, the likes of Flying Tiger in the past, which was a different. That was Macaroni Beach Society, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, the other... Coostar Civil. Coostar He's well. Babbitt Racing. They're a husband and wife team, so that's a very small partnership. So, so, so. so it's just that, that you manage them, but they're just a they're different variety yeah. of... Yeah, I source the horses as well, okay. so not Coostar. I can't take credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what a fantastic horse to be involved with. So, yeah. And obviously Funnable, which you did mm, source, yeah. He's been absolutely yeah. brilliant. It was great yeah. to see him third yesterday. I didn't miss a mention of Yeah. 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 Back to where he should be. That well, was he's really our good. flagship horse, really. Yeah, isn't he's, 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 a, he's a little pocket rocket. He oh, is, he, yeah. he's great. Yeah. When he's good, he's great, isn't yeah. he? But you know, he's just we've had a bit of a difficult season yeah. last season, so yeah. it was nice to see him firing again, which was you know really good. Yeah, it was great, and it's interesting actually just to say you you know this Crossy because just about communication about everybody's in the syndicate when you've got the smaller syndicate. Look, big syndicates are great as well. I used to have been elite racing years ago. Yeah. So, but actually, with four or five people with on the WhatsApp. We actually had Tim, who's who's got a share in front of Ball Civiler. He actually suggested going for the Game Spirit, yeah. and Ellie and Venetia said that's a great idea. Yeah. And here we are, two Game Spirit chases yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. So that is really great. So yeah. it's very really, collaborative really when it's example, smaller. Actually. So you know, I yeah. think that's the appeal. Have, have you got more syndicates in your yard than ever before now, Paul? Yeah. And, and yeah. why why do we think that? That's just that's just racing yeah. now. Yeah, it's just the way it's going. It's got displacing racing. Obviously, it's working well. I, and most of I've got, I think, fifteen or sixteen, might be seventeen now for the owners group, and yes. that's a different. Concept mm. in that, mm. for example, let's take Stage Star. I think they sell two and a half thousand micro shares in those horses, and yeah. those guys all think it's their own horse and have amazing fun. And um, the communication and the information they get is second to none, and it definitely has its place and is going going forward and going well. I remember. I can't remember whether it was Trials there, where it was, was, was that where Stage Star won last year before the yeah, festival? Yeah. Mm. And there were loads of them there, and you, yeah, one of the first things yeah. you said was, how great is yeah. this? Because they, mm. they were, you know, they were yeah. going bonkers just yeah. outside the paddock. Um, 
and that you know that obviously gave you a, a great yeah. sense of satisfaction training for for yeah. lots of yeah. different people who it, it meant the absolute world to them. Yeah, and you know, and then when he won at Cheltenham, and again when he won the Paddy Power Gold Cup there the other day, the reception again, and I think nearly everybody owned a share of him was at Cheltenham yeah. when he yeah. won the Paddy Power, and it gives a lot of people an enormous amount of pleasure. I agree, and it's interesting actually because we say with Funnable Civiler. All the owners, and they never had a horse before, so it's their first show, yeah. which yeah. is really they really got lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're having a great experience. But it's just showing just all across mm. all the ranges, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. great. I, I feel because we're sat here with a glass of wine, we should actually say what we do. What, what we do. What, what is this? This is Chatelier. So I wanted to just make a link as well. We've got Susanna Richie coming on yeah. in a bit to talk about her Yotes Courts wines from from Kent, and I wanted to actually. This is Lord and Lady Bamford, obviously big racing connections there, yeah. and the this is Chatelier. So in Provence, you know, we love. Rosie. Paul loves Rosie, don't you, Paul? Yeah, I do. He's mad about Rosie. But I mean, it's interesting about how popular Rosie is all the year round now. And this is their flagship wine. So they bought the vineyard in 1997. So they're great. So the, here's an interesting. So, so I went to a. Uh, I went. I went. I had some drinks last night. Very, very in bed early. But went over to someone's house and I've got some Rock Angel at home. And I thought, oh, I'll take a bottle of that. It's a nice bottle. Yeah. First thing they'll do is Google how much it costs, and they'll be like, oh, that's a nice gift. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do, right? Well, this is what happened. Yeah. But, I mean... so, but then I thought, and then they'll be thinking, 26 quid, fair play, yeah. even though, you know, got it for nothing. But that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, do you take a rosé to a winter dinner? And then I thought, I can't, that feels weird. But I don't think it is anymore, Tom. That is, no. no, I think this is the really interesting thing because some people say, why has Provence Rosé got so popular? We've all been on holiday sitting in Provence going, this is great, well, we have a two-euro glass of rosé. Mm. But in actual fact, if you look across sales, actually across the Jockey Club race courses, rosé is selling all year round now in the November. Yeah. Loads mm. of people are drinking rosé, people drinking Whispering Angel Magnums. So I think, you know, go for it. I've always loved rosé personally all year round. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say is when you take a bottle of wine round to someone, if it's in screw cap, just unscrew the screw cap when you arrive so you know you're actually going to drink it mm. and it's not going to be put somewhere that you can't enjoy it or take a corkscrew. <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm quite ruthless Tom, about it. Tom, Tom, Tom kept the cap on yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took a bottle of Chapel Down, which I thought was very nice. Very good. 20% uh, 20, 20 off and then an extra 10% for signing up to the website, but when they Google it, it looks very generous. So there we are. Dave. Might, they not think, <laughs> might they not think that you've drunk it? You've <laughs> drunk <laughs> Refilled it with. Perhaps our social circles might be a bit different, but I think that's, I think that's probably the, the finger that would be pointed at me if I went in with, with something that's already been unscrewed. Yeah. Um, that's such a good line. <laughs> right, I want to, let's, have, let's, let's, let's have a look at uh, some of the key horses in the syndicate. So, first of all, Deafening Silence did beat um, Insurrection. This was on the Friday. Um, obviously, it wasn't as testing ground as it was on the Saturday, but still, it took a bit of getting. I think the consensus was, uh, Paul, if I could just start with you on, on your horse far side that um, you, you'd probably been outstayed in the ground over the trip is that fair? Yeah I think he was outstayed from the back of the last that the winner there's like just galloping on resolutely I, I thought here we'd win um, mm. and we just got outstayed he'd been on the front end most of the way um, I'd say he ran a good, you know, a good race um, both horses are nice horses I think your lad beat wrapped up in May um, actually the time before yes, that isn't right. he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we like him so um, yeah it's interesting uh, you, you must love seeing your, your, your colour stay on to, to victory in a, in a race oh, like this. What, 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 yeah. what do you think is going to happen next with him? Because Dan mm. was... Um, I think he was surprised by the win, but I think that he, he feels that this is a, you know, a whole... It, 
I don't think he'd been disappointed if he hadn't won on the day because he seals it, sees him as a future staying chase. Yeah, I mean, I think at the moment we probably would stay in graded company and try a lot, but you know, we'll see. You know, uh, he's mentioned a few races, but I'll leave it to him to decide <laughs> nearer the time. But, but you know, he's he is a also the future really but he's just got such a great attitude and you know he's tough and you know we're very lucky he does look like a proper Albert Bartlett horse yeah. all day long mm. dour that has been here. mentioned yeah, early on I'm not sure if yeah. it's I don't know no. we'll well, he'll definitely 100% tur turn up there I'd say he looks an Albert Bartlett every day of the week yeah, and it's interesting, Crossy, because he's also looking to the future as well. He just looks a real chaser too. He just yeah, hundred percent. He's, he's yeah. got a great, great, and he's you know point to point winner. Great to be talking about point to points as well. Well, so. he was bought from the British point to point field as well, which is really important, I think, for us as a sport. You know, to mm. notice that they are, you know, getting good horses on that field as well. We're seeing a few more of those now, mm. but I d we're not quite at the point, Yatesy, where the, the scene is completely <coughs> changing, are we? I mean, we're we're a long way off the Irish point scene, yeah. aren't we? We, we? It still feels that we we ha we house more of the older horse as opposed to the young up and coming horse in the point to point. Yeah, I think that's true, but um, we've had graduates from the the British point-to-point -point scene over the last decade, haven't we? Uh, like you say, the, 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 when you look at uh, a horse's, a, a novice hurdler's form, and you see a point-to-point -point purchase and it's six figures, it's invariably come from Ireland, hasn't yeah. it? But the, 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 the gap is, is narrowing, isn't it? Mm. It is, but it needs, um, it needs more trainers training point-to-pointers over here. That's what it's lacking. You have four or five yards like um, Tom Ellis, Charlie Post, um, just to name probably the top few and um, there's not enough competition. We bought Rebels Hill out of an English point point. Um, we bought one other um, that hasn't been as good and but it needs more competitive like there are four or five runner races we, as where in Ireland you're struggling to run your four-year-old because there's so many of them like most of the point point trainers have 50 to 70 each and there's probably 15 of them that are properly in the business doing it do you know what i mean so it's competitive as we're over here it's probably not as competitive and we need to get the british point point scene more competitive hopefully like charlie post hopefully a few ex jockeys will go down that route and make it more competitive and then the heart that'll make better horses coming through then as well and um and uh, we won't be like we look at Irish point pointers every day of the week when we're buying horses, you know. Where, where did you where did you get Tamuras from? We could have a just a. Uh, he actually came out of an auction maiden. Um, he won a point point. Now I say all this. That was actually a forerunner race, <laughs> and uh, the form of the race uh, there was there was uh, nothing came out of it. But you never look at form too much um, in point points. Look at the individual. Um, we loved him in his point point. He. He was always idling in front, only ever doing enough. Um, we see him here winning the toll worked um, his first three runs last year. He just progressed and he was showing more and more speed as the year went along. He actually is a good jumper despite that jump there. But um, he, uh, but he, he's always a horse. I've sat in him at Paul, sat in him at Knowles. He'd, he'd always just give you what you'd ask him to do. So I was always surprised by the... Um, the way he actually he won a toll work because I, I I wouldn't have thought that um, we do have him in a two and a half mile race I, later in the week but I think we need to probably go up and triple yeah, him now definitely what what's he likely to do next Paul uh, he's in Ask on Friday but that's unlikely there's a two and a half mile novice chase at Leicester uh, last week in December ago there step him up in trip as Dave says okay. Um,
we can uh, talk more wine now. And uh, <laughs> Susanna Ritchie uh, joins us, who uh, can tell us about her uh, vineyard and um, and talk about some horses as well. And, and Susanna, welcome along. There's obviously a, a direct link with the the horses and the wines because most of the bottles are, are named after your horses. How's things? Good, really good, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so we, the, the branding of our wine is, is fundamentally, the, the still wines are named for racing terms and the uh, our sparkling are named after horses that have won well for us. So um, I think you're, you're drinking this morning um, uh, one of our, P our Pinot Noir, which is called Starter's Orders, but and um, that's really because we uh, the, the first vines that went into the ground at the vineyard were the Pinot Noir vines, and uh, so we kind of thought that Starter's Orders was a, an, an appropriate name for that. Uh, and then I think you're trying the uh, the Pinot Gris later. We tried we tried which... two different ones from from. Yeah. from oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, Sorry, go on. Yeah, you, that, you get Tom. two wines. Yeah. <laughs> which one are you starting with, the Pinot Gris? Uh, Neil, which one are we starting with? We've got the loose rain Pinot Gris. Okay. Loose rain, okay. yeah. So this is obviously so, a real pa a passion of yours, Susanna. Um, the wine, uh, I kind of slept walked into it really. Um, we, I, I, I was offered the farm next door to our house, and I didn't really want to buy the farm. I mean, I don't, I know nothing about farming because I'm an accountant, but. Um, <coughs> the farmer was retiring, he asked me to buy the, the farm, uh, and then when I, once I'd bought it, I kind of thought, well, now what am I going to do with it? I've got to, I've got to farm it. Uh, so I took advice, and the, the, the land there is, is perfect for vines. So I've kind of grown into it, and I absolutely love it now. And uh, as far as the, the link with horse racing, was that just sort of too obvious for you to to pass up and to, and to tie the wines in with the horses and the success you've had? We're seeing some shots now. Yeah, it, it is really. I mean, when you're looking to to, to start up a, a brand or a, a new venture, you you're looking for something that um, just makes you a bit different. And of course, you know the the interest in horses. The the it's really all about the pink and green. You know, the our jockey colours. Um, there's our horse. Um, so it, so we we I took the jockey colours of pink and green and the spots and kind of translated that into uh, the branding. So. It's the, the spots, the colours, bright colours, which I love, as you can see. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then just, you know, the names of the horses, the, 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 um, the jockey terms, I suppose. Um, just it all, all kind of just gelled together. Um, Neil, you can you can describe this for us, please. Well, I, I've been down to Yotes Court. I think it's a fantastic setup, and you've just Susanna, you've done all your wine courses. You've set up. You've got a fantastic vineyard manager as well, with, uh, down there with all the team and the detail that you've you've incorporated here. So this is a Pinot Gris. So for some of you, you have a Pinot Grigio. It's the same great variety, but this is sort of sitting in the middle. You get Pinot Grigio style, and also you get a Pinot Gris from Alsace. So it's, there's no oak in this. It's all sort of fresh. Lovely sort of citrus fruits on the nose, some pears. Very delicate, very easy drinking, and, and beautifully made as well. It's all to have a taste, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I already have, but you know, that's that. I'm Tom always loves going in first. He's <laughs> <laughs> already done. But, but I'm also white for me. I, I wouldn't. I'm just not a red fan, but no, white, that's that's very nice. It's, it's really nice, isn't it? It's re yeah, and it's yeah. just great with the the whole development, and I love. You know, Susanna, you've got you've got Pinot Gris, you've got Bacchus, which is really our kind of Sauvignon Blanc from from England, and also what you're doing as well is you've got your Pinot Noirs, you do some sparkling now, so you've you've just kept developing things, haven't you? And and also as well from a, people visiting you as well, people can just come along and taste, can't they? 
They can, yeah. I mean, we're 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 shut now um, the first three months of the year because really not an awful lot goes on in 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 the vineyard that people are that interested in. I mean, you know, we're pruning, but that takes four months, and it's just you know, every every vine gets about ninety seconds of attention and gets pruned, but. There's no leaves, there's no, you know, it's not particularly beautiful at this time of year, just looks very neat. Um, but in the, between, I think we're opening again in Easter, so between Easter and December next year, um, we will be open Wednesdays to Sundays and you come do tours and tastings and um, wine flights, picnics in the vines, all that kind of thing. It's, uh, so, we're, you know, we, we love having visitors, and it's, but we're, we're kind of tucked away, this is the problem, quite difficult to find. So, um, so we're we're just outside Tunbridge, about seven miles from Tunbridge in in Kent. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's when we're a, a taxi ride from a station. So you need to kind of organise a driver, really. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> I don't suppose many people would, would, would you know rock up in a car each if you're going to. <laughs> you want to be able to well, enjoy we have yourself. Parking. We do have oh, well, good. That's good. Um, and, and was this was this pretty risky? For, I, I don't know whether setting up in the UK is just pretty risky anyway, climate-wise. I, I, I don't know. Did, did you did you feel that, or did you feel this was just an obvious move to make? I think well, in in England, it, the what most people are successful grow, with growing is for sparkling wine. So our climate is perfect for sparkling wine. But as I said, you know, I wasn't an expert when I started. Still, not really. But I just thought I'd really like to do still wines, and I didn't really put a huge amount of thought into it. Um, so for still wines, it is risky. It's it's challenging, a definite challenge. Sparkling wines, still challenging, but not not as much because you you don't have to ripen the grapes as much. Therefore, the sparkling, so you don't actually need as much sun. Whereas for the still wines, you need more sun. You you and you have fewer grapes on the vine so that they can ripen up. Um, so it, from an economic perspective, it's not brilliant, but um, it's, you know, it's great fun to, to do it. And with the, the, the Pinot Noir that you're trying next, we only make that in, in exceptional years because you have to have a lot of sun. So the 2022, obviously, people remember the summer that we had last year, and, you know, it was extraordinary. So we thought we'd give it a go. Luck on Sunday, brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world.